All right, we are back. Views before the six, six, six. What? Yo, we this week. I guess this is like a crossover yeah, yeah, episode, yeah. man. <laughs> we, we got my man Friday, aka Ricky Dread, up in the spot. Ooh, ooh. We love hip hop, you know. Yeah. But yo, here's the funny thing, bro. I I see your podcast. I see all that shit, bro. Mm-hmm. And I see. What was it? Maybe a couple weeks ago, you must have dropped one of the videos me and you did. The kids are like, "Yo, Friday, you rap, bro!" And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> these cats don't even know Fridays be rapping." Yeah, man. They, 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 they didn't know apparently. Oh wow. Okay, so yo, man, let's get into it. Friday, you know the first question we ask everybody is, mm. "Were you born in Toronto?" I was not. All right, where were you born, bro? I was born in Montreal, Quebec. Montreal, man, yes. La Belle Province. La Belle Province. Yes, yes, yes. I was born eating a poutine. Okay, yo. So, what's your background? Um, well, my father is from Ghana, right? African. Okay. Um, which I didn't really know much of my father's side of stuff, right? Right. So I would say I grew up in a Barbados or a Bajan household. Okay, because your mom's Bajan. My mom's from Barbados, okay, right? Okay, okay, okay. So, um, yo, what ends of Montreal did you grow up in? Um, well, we started off in LaSalle, which is like known as like kind of a, notor- a notorious area out there. But from a young age, my mom moved us over to an area called the South Shore. Okay. Um, specifically an area called Bessart. Suburban area, you know what I'm saying? Word. Um, and like I grew up just around pure French white kids. Wow. Okay. Yes. So, yes. yo, who's the first Montreal rappers? I guess you remember hearing. Wow. Uh, Casey Elemental P. That was like a French rapper from back in the days. Okay. Okay. Um, MC Jan Cool G. Word, okay. word, word, word. MC Jan Kuji had a song called um, So Listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Shout out to um, Starting From Scratch, man. Yeah, He's yeah, on yeah. that joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he? Yeah, I think he was the DJ for those guys, wow. wasn't he? Wow. I'm, I'm almost positive, man. I know he's from there originally. Word, word. Yo, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, pretty yeah. positive he was the DJ for those guys. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yo, quick memory that I had of that song. When that song first dropped, because there was a couple of kids that were in the video that went to my school. Okay. The okay. dancers for MCJ and Kuji. Shout out to Adrian. You know what I'm saying? Um, they were one of the dancers in the. He was one of the dancers in the crew. Okay. So he literally wheeled the TV out. They wheeled the TV out into the hallway of my school to see the video premiere of that. Oh word. Okay. 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 <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what's up. Okay. So then I guess adversely, like, yo, who's the first Toronto rappers you remember hearing? Well, especially being living in Montreal. You see, the thing is. Back in those times, and this is like early 90s, right? Right. Late 80s, early 90s. I used to watch Toronto from the outside as like this awe figure, like this utopia. Okay. Right? So because I was living in the South Shore, we didn't even have as much access to much music. We only had music plus over there. Right, 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 right. right. You had to go over the bridge into Montreal, into the city of Montreal to actually get much music. Okay, so yo, was there a Montreal, was there a music plus um, equivalent of Rap City, or did you guys see our Rap City? Well, <coughs> they had um, something called uh, they had a Rap City version, or I think oh, fuck, I forgot what the French translation of it was. It okay. wasn't like uh, Rap City or something like that, but uh, like it was the same type of thing, right? Okay. Um, but the CanCon laws. Remember, we have a thirty percent CanCon law in Canada, right? Right for the youngins who don't know. Um, but in Quebec, there's an additional Quebec con law. Okay, okay. So let's just let's just break that down for people who don't know, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The CanCon laws basically in Canada is that you have to play thirty percent 
of Canadian content within the hour. Now, that's on the radio. Yes. That's on much music. That's all that shit. Yes. Okay, so then what was the Quebec law? You have to play 20% francophone or Quebec um, music. Okay. Or francophone music, basically. Because Is remember, that on top of the CanCon law? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay, okay, okay. Right? So, like, you had to hear, like, some French music and like or French rap and stuff like that, right? So, we would I'd hear, like, like the Rain Men, right? Old okay. school group, um, but they rapped in French and English. Okay, okay. Right? Um, or we'd get, like, groups from the like from France, like I Am. Okay, okay, okay. Right? Um, um, MC Solar. MC Solar, yeah, you yeah, You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. I said it's totally French. <laughs> <laughs> yo, I took French immersion. Don't make me drop it, son. Don't make mm. me drop it, son. Okay, so, yo, how then, I guess, how do you get into music? How old are you when you got into music? Well, a big thing with Montreal is the proximity to New York City. Okay. okay? A lot of people who live in Montreal... Um, especially with the big Haitian community out there, the Haitians will go from Haiti to Montreal or Haiti to Brooklyn, right? Okay. Um, New York has a big West Indian community, and New York is like five hours away from Montreal. So I'd be back and forth there all the time, all the time, all the time. All my family actually lives in New York. Okay, word, 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 word. So from, I guess from zero years old to about 17, I spent about three quarters of my time in New York City when like anytime my school was done, I was gone. Okay, word. Right? Um, Cause like, you know, I have a few cousins or whatever in Montreal, but everybody else is in New York. Right? Everybody migrated from Barbados to New York. Okay, word, right? word, To the word, Bronx word. and to Brooklyn. So my first experience of rap was there. Like real, real rap. Okay. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I get like the little you know whatever we can pull from here in canada but then i'd go there and just be in the mecca you know what i'm right, saying right, right, right. so to answer your question the first time i actually decided to be a rapper i was in the bronx okay okay um i'm in a cab with my cousin and the cab driver is like yo you know because we're talking about picking up girls and all that we're like you know we're just girl crazy young kids right right right, right, right. and he's like this is what you gotta tell a girl if you want to pick her up bro Hey, pretty girl in my complexion, are you going in my direction? Right, right, right. And we're like, oh, shit, oh, like he made it like right. How, how old are you them t- these times? Oh, fuck. I must have been like 11, dog. Okay. Okay, okay, <laughs> right? okay. And I went back to my cousin's crib and started writing. Word. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna write, I want to write a rap. Okay, okay. And that was the first time I ever wrote a rap. Okay, so then how does... How does back in Montreal... Because I know that to me and you know each other really well, right? Yeah, yeah. Back in Montreal and shit, yo, you used to run with like Tara Chase and who else was part of that crew? What was that crew called? Okay, so we had a crew called the I Spy Crew back in the day. I Spy, okay. okay. So for the Montreal heads, they, the old school Montreal heads, they know the I Spy Crew. So it was a conglomerate of different crews and solo artists. Okay. Tara Chase, um, at the time, she had just changed her name to Tara Chase, formerly Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo, word. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> right? Um, there was Mr. Faze, who was another solo rapper who was a really dope MC and producer. Okay. Um, we had my crew, which was me, uh, another guy named Lord Raz, and another guy named Rebel Lion, and we had a crew called the Southside, right? Because okay. we were from the South Shore. Okay, okay. Um, and we had uh, DJ, or now DJ Majest, right, who's a popular DJ out there, but at the time he was Majest, just 
the rapper. Okay. Right? Okay. Okay. And we had a producer named um, Wiz who produced all the beats for it. And we had a demo and everything. We opened for Mob Deep at them times. Um, when Raekwon came into the city, we, we opened for him. We opened for a lot of people those times. Like, we were okay, we okay, were doing okay, things. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then Tara moved. Okay, she came to Toronto. Yeah, 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 yeah. She moved, um, I don't remember exactly the year. I would say maybe 91, 92. Okay. Right, she moved over to, to, to Toronto over here, and we'd stay in communication on the phone. Okay, okay. And she'd, she'd tell me, Wow, Toronto's crazy. You are meeting all these people. I met Cardinal and Chuck Claire and all these guys. And at this time, I was just seeing these guys in the music videos, dude. Word. So I'm like, fucking everybody's a star to me, bro. Right, On with right, the show, right. I'm like, these guys are stars. When Tara was in that video, I was like, you fucking made it. Word, 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 word. You're in the video with Cardinal and them? So you have joints with her from back in the day? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. On tape somewhere. Like. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it's funny because the first time I ever did a stage audition, um, there was, I was there as a solo. Okay. They needed to group people together to get the audition going. So she was there as a solo, and they were like, you guys go on together. Okay. And they threw us on the stage together and we just fucking, I don't know, collaborated a song or something right there on the spot. And like, so the, yeah, Tara Chase, that was, that was, but it's funny because when I first got here and I used to move around and try to get known in the radio stations and stuff like that with my, with my music or with the, um, at the time we changed Southside to Soldier Prophets and it was just me and, and my brethren Lord Raz. Okay. And it's super hard to get noticed over here in Toronto when you're not from here. Right. <laughs> Especially when you first get here. Right, 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 right. And people are like, who the fuck are you? Right? Right. We're downstairs over at 89 or 88.1 in the basement there with X and all the men's the Power Move show. Okay. <laughs> right? And Tara was downstairs and she already was acquainted with everybody. She literally had to like introduce me to people like, yo, this is my boy, IBM. She would call me at the time because that was my, my rap name at the time. Okay. Right? I was an IBM intelligent black man. Okay, the computer, the intelligent <laughs> black man. Right, like back when acronym names were actually right. the thing, right? Right, 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 right? So, yeah, she was introducing me to people, and, you know, I was like, you know, my name's Friday, and I already had Okay, so wait, how did, how, how did the name Friday come about? <laughs> you know, for the longest time, and it is true for the longest time, the excuse I tell people is, you know, because I get, you know, people get paid on a Thursday, so then they come see me on a Friday. Word, okay. <laughs> right? But to be honest, that came from the Friday movie. Okay. Mm -hmm. Smoking. Yeah, I was really getting into fucking smoking weed them times. Right? Right. Like, getting high, like not being able to smoke bunch back to back like this. It was just like everything was so amazing every time we smoked weed. And then I guess Ricky Dredd, of course, because you used to have the dreads. I used to have the dreads. Word, right? Word, um, word. And it's funny because I never, nobody ever called me Ricky in Montreal. Nobody calls me Ricky in Montreal. Word. Um, it's only here. Because I used to, you know, and past statute of limitations, I was hustling out here when I first got here. Right, right, right. right, right so I'd right, stand right. out on Young Street in front of play the record or, you know, on the strip over there. And I didn't want to tell people, oh, my name is Ninja or some just, you know, like some street name that people are like, yeah, sure. What's your real name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So I just came up with Ricky. Okay, okay, okay. And I just tell people my name's Ricky. Ricky. Okay, so yo, when did when did you follow suit and come to Toronto? Like, what years was that? That was in 1997. 
Okay. Right. And you came here, what, to go to Harris or some shit? Travis or Harris? I, I, um, I came here to go to Harris. I had a choice. I was in Montreal. I was bumming around after a while, right? Um, this is after the Ice Spy shit was done. I'm there, you know, doing my thing, you know? Right, right, right. I dropped out of CJEPT, um, which is like the equivalent of like junior college over here. Okay. Um, you know, I was getting deeper and deeper into my hustle, but a few things happened and I was just kind of had to slow down the, slow down my hustle. So I'd just be chilling in the mom, my mom's crib all the time, doing nothing. Okay. Right? Like, I'd get, you know, get a little money here and there. My girlfriend at the time was holding me down. And she was like, you need to fucking do something with your life. Right? So I applied to two schools. One in New York City and one over here, um, Harris Institute. Okay. Got accepted to both. Okay. Could have went to New York with my whole family. Decided to come here where I knew one person, which Word. was Lord Raz. Because he already, he already had a place in Parkdale. Okay, okay. So what did you what did you take at Harris? I took music marketing and management. They had oh, two different okay. sides. You could take the production side of things or you could take the marketing side. So I took the marketing side. I got teachers like Ivan Barry at the time who was like Dream Warriors fame and all that, right? Right, so right, right, right. I was like, wow, I'm getting to learn from the guy who managed the Dream Warriors and you know, like I mean Beat Factory, right? Yeah. Like and I was well aware of all these things, right? Like I didn't realize at the time that I was already um, an information sponge, not just, oh, I like the music and I could rap. Right. Like all the other pieces of information, like how the behind the scenes work and all that was actually sticking in my head. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. Like when I was in CJET, I took creative arts in school, um, which we got to do film classes and different things like that. Got to watch music, like movies like Kramer versus Kramer and see how the breakdown of the, the cinematography is and what the different behind the scenes things are. And they told us, when you watch, when you take these classes, you're never going to be able to watch anything the same again. Right, 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 right. Because you're going to break down everything. It's going to be annoying. Yeah, just like making beats and shit. It's the same way for me now, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 I get it. So I didn't realize at those times that I was like actually just sponging every piece of information rather than just what I liked. Everything was going in. Okay, so yo, is that how you got involved with the street team stuff? Yeah, yeah, I... I I was at school at Harris. Right. Um, you know, and yeah, like from between I got accepted to Harris, decided to move here. I'm here in Parkdale, live, going to Harris over by Sherbert and, uh, and Queen. Right. And living at Dufferin and Queen. Okay. So I'd see these guys pull up at the school, um, the BMG Street team, guys like Sid, um, shout out to Lex. Word, okay. You know okay. what I'm saying? Lex was uh, on the Warner Street team at the time. Him and Sid were on the Warner Street team, or I think Sid was on the B BMG, BMG Street. Yeah, right? yeah, Shout out Gramps, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'd see those guys come around, and I'd be like, "Yo, how could I get down?" And BMG was right there too at Queen and Dufferin, right? I or had King no, and Dufferin, yeah, yeah. No, not at the time. Okay, okay. I don't okay. think so. Okay, okay. Um, that was later on. That, that was, was like later in the two thousands, right? Right. But uh, yeah, I was just like, "How could I get down on the team?" I asked Lex. For the, from the Warner team. Okay. And he's like, just come through, man, and just, you know, hand out flyers, do whatever, right? Because it's free, right? Word. So I started doing that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I overdo shit. Okay. So if you, if you ask me to do some shit, I'm going to do it and then do it really fast, get it all done and be like, all right, so it's done. What do you want me to do next? Right. Right? And I kept on doing that and 
the person who was running the team at the time, Kim McKenzie. Yes. Okay, shout out to Kim McKenzie. Word. Um, she seen that. She could. She seen like, holy shit, this guy works fast. This guy is like always there early. You know what I'm saying? And there was a few times where kind of Lexus wasn't available, but I'm always there. Right. So, and she started transitioning into working for Warner and then she was moving over to Sony. Word, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. So she couldn't hold down, I know she still kept the street team and she had the Sony, she was working for Sony, but then it became a conflict of interest because she still wanted to keep Warner contracts. Okay. So she started her own independent team, which she let me take over. Okay, okay, so let's, yeah, talk about that. Because I was the Toronto guy at one point when like Lex started slipping. Right. Right? And I think he was just dealing with his own personal issues and stuff like that. But once I started running the Toronto team and she seen like, you know, I'm keeping track of all the guys on the Toronto side and she had to like make a decision, she was like, take the whole of Canada. So I went from just running like, or like taking care of like four guys to taking care of 10 guys. Okay. Maybe 12. Okay, okay, okay. Right? Because you used to go across Canada. I I didn't personally have to go across Canada. Everything in those times was communication was by phone, right? Right, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Or email, I guess, right? Right. So, men's would have to go put up the posters, the same posters that we're putting in whatever areas down here. And, you know, I got to do Warner contracts and Sony contracts at the okay, same like, time. Okay, so, you know, just for, for the sake of a discussion, like, what were some of those, do you remember some of those albums? You, you oh, fuck yeah. We pushed the Corrupt album, like when Corrupt had that, that big album with the purple cover. I don't remember the, I think. Yeah. Space Boogie, I think it was called. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, Mob Deep, Infamy, that was a fucking big one. And the album before that, I think. Hell the, on Earth? The, not Hell on Earth, the album between that, uh, Murder Music. Okay, okay, You know okay, what I'm saying? Yeah. Lil' Kim, um, the album before she got locked, the, the hardcore album. Right, we right. worked on that. We worked on sex, drugs, and um, and uh, entertainment. Cameron. Or sports, drugs, and entertainment, yeah, Cameron. Yeah. And I met Cameron in those times. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Um, he was at Club Life, which was the popping club at the time. Him and Dame Dash, okay? Okay. And don't worry about that. Like, um, him and Dame Dash were there in the club and fucking... We're handing out flyers. We still had flyers in our hands. So I'm like, yo, we street team, dog. Yo, 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 we love your music, fam. He's like, oh, respect. So now we're getting out the club. We're outside the club handing out the flyers. And they're coming out. And he's like, yo, hand me some of them flyers. Cam was not popular at these times. Okay. Him and Dame coming out with a couple of chicks. And he had to take some of the flyers that he took from me. And he showed the girl before he got in the limo. Yo, that's me, dog. Or that's me, girl. That's me. That's me. That's me. Okay. And then I seen him jump in the limo. I was just like, wow. Like he had to, like in hindsight, he had to show the girl who he was on the flyer. because right, they didn't even really know him back then. Yeah, he was just. I mean, horse and carriage probably would have been the biggest. Yeah. Or, or what means the world. What them kind of just. So, uh, yo, that was pre what means the world. Okay, okay. Yes. So, yo, because I street teamed, and I, I'm going to ask this to everybody <laughs> who was street teaming. Yo, what was your favorite street team swag? Because you know there was always some kind of swag. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we were talking about um, fucking Hell on Earth, the lighters. Remember the lighters mm. from Hell on Earth campaign? Yo, still to this day, mans are like, we'll kill for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Wow, it's hard to call it because I enjoy just the CD snippets. Those times people used to have CD snippets. Tape snippets and Tape CD snippets. Tape snippets, I remember that shit. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, those were my favorites. Word. Tape snippets. Just Word. having the music ahead of time. And knowing that you're the only one who has this, 
right? Actually, my favorite swag is the Violators fucking um, rap that they put around my fucking car, the decal. Okay, okay, okay. 2001. Yo, for me, it's remember remember the Alcoholics? Mm. They had the bottle openers. Ooh. The keychain bottle openers. That's still to the... Yo, I had one of those. I mean, I'm mm. talking about going into the... Well into the fucking... 2000s when I finally lost that set of keys. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I had that shit forever, bro. Holy, yeah. they even had the Big Mac. Remember the Big Mac? Yes, yeah. For the I, Craig see, Mac and that, then, uh, that Biggie? Was, that was before my time still, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, but I wasn't even the street team sometimes. I right. just seen that and I was just like, that's fucking cool. You know what I mean? So, yo, while you're street team, are you making music still? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was making music uh, with Lord Raz as part of, of Soldier Prophets. Okay. Right? Um, we had a demo in 2000. We started AWOL Records. <laughs> okay. Or Raz started AWOL Records. Okay, so what does AWOL stand for for the people? A Way of Life. A Way of Life. Yes. Okay. Um, we started AWOL Records back in 2000. Um, he, we were seeing like the Master P's and all those guys off the late 90s doing um, and cash money, starting independent labels, bad boy, you know, hearing the stories of, yo, they got 36 million and 60 million and all that. And we're like, yo, we could be the same. Entertainment, right? Right, right So right. we were like, yo, we could do the same model. All right? Um, kill that. And um, so he started a record company. He told me, I'm starting a record company up, calling it AWOL Records or whatever, whatever. And I'm like, I, he want, I want you to be the business manager. Okay. So I, I did that. All right? I just made sure that, you know, we packaged our music you know um i started working with daryl rodway at the time from urbnet urbnet word okay 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 when they were just a website they helped us get our bios together and pictures and all that and they used that up on their website and you know we were trying to do the independent thing um over time rat started getting into a little bit of trouble and shit like that you know got locked up a couple times put uh, i was going through my shit them times too you know what i'm saying there was a space of time where i was on the run and right, 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 right. That's when I cut my locks off. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, I remember. The, I remember the eras. <laughs> I remember the eras. Right. So people who used to see me as really Ricky Dread. This is like pre them times, right? Um, but that label being started helped me to continue doing business under that label. Right. Okay. So like, who was on AWOL? I remember Buns was on AWOL. Buns was on AWOL um, post two thousand and four. Right, 2003. Okay. Right around the time I dropped my second mixtape because I started doing a mixtape called The Connect. That's right, with the, the chick with the big bowl of weed and shit like that. Yes. I remember those. I remember that was those. Connect Volume 2. Okay. okay. Connect okay. Volume 1 was just a picture of a brick. Okay, I don't know if I remember that one still. So it was a border, two black borders, yeah. and then a picture of just all white snow basically in between, right? But it was a real picture. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> my, my, my guy at the time, right, you know, because um, at the time I was like really in the streets heavy, right? Um, he was like, you know, my, my boy Stress, RIP Stress. Yes. Okay. Lounge times, if you yes. know, word, word. Yes. And he was like, dog, why the fuck you rapping? You rapping the same shit that, he, that we live in for real, for real. Right? Yeah. But yet he still wanted to fucking make an album cover for me. He went in the cupboard took a picture of a fucking brick and then fucking said that's what you're going to use 
Wow. Okay. R.I.P. Stress. Word, That's the only word. reason I can tell these stories because he's not, he ain't here. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Uh, but yeah, I put, and he had a he had an interlude on there. I put an interlude because he passed that same year, right? Shot himself. Yes. Crazy yeah. story, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I still had some of his recordings, so I put that on the first connect. Second connect is when I met Buns. Okay. All right. I just did an interview with Buns the other day for um, it's the same show, Six Views, um, or, or the video version of what we're doing here, and it's funny because I told that same, we asked him that same story where I met him in front of Phoenix, and he was like, "I'm the hottest rapper in Toronto," and he was from Rex, right? He's from the Rex. Okay, yeah. Right? He, he was an ill baller, if I yes. remember correctly, right? At the time, he was playing for Arizona State. Okay, okay, okay. And he was visiting back and forth coming into the city and just coming to the clubs, doing his thing, rapping outside of shit. I've seen him, I feel like I've seen a video of him rapping already and I was like, this guy's fucking dope. But he told me I'm the best rapper in Toronto. I'm like, prove it. Let me hear some shit. Okay. He starts rapping, he gets maybe about four bars in, maybe six, and I was like, <coughs> come to the studio, dog. <laughs> Tomorrow, right. Right. studio. <laughs> and he was in the studio the next day. Okay. But before that, I um, managed a few other artists. Okay, like who? Um, I managed an artist named Peter Bones, okay? A kid from the Esplanade. Um, he's known in the downtown streets around here, but like, you know, he's had his few issues that kind of made us part ways. But he was like, I, I try to get him in the studio and different things like that. Um, I managed a girl named Black Pearl, or a woman named Black Pearl. Okay. Um, who was down with a crew from Montreal called the Butter Babies. Oh, word. Okay. Mm -hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, 100%. 100%. All right. So, Manchild uh, and them guys. Manchild, you know, uh, <coughs> um, Shadow, right? Yeah. Um, she was down with them and she was moving here. And it was like, okay, well, I could do the management, right? I could help you with this. I can help you uh, and not be one of those guys who try to hit on you because that was one of the things I always realized like with women artists. They always have that issue of people trying to hit on them. Where, yeah, yeah, it's fuck, it's so undone. I mean, yeah. Right. So I, I wanted to be the guy who's not going to do that, and you know, let her do what she wants to do. But at the same time, it's hard to to manage female artists. Sex appeal was something that you know people want to see and all that. And I wanted maybe her like I was trying to bring those ideas, and she was like, eh, I'm trying to be more on that black power shit, and Word. we kind of parted ways. Okay. But, over about a year or so later, that's when I met Buns. Okay, okay. okay. He put out what the, the mixtape? What was it called? Deuces and Trays, or yes, um, that was mostly produced by Sprox, Soze. Word, word, right? right. That was back in those times when we used to be over at um, Icy Visions a lot and shit. Okay, shout out to the remix. Mm -hmm. Icy Vision then became the remix program. Yes, all that shit for those yes. who don't know. Yes. this is like hip hop Canada era. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, that was when the boards were just starting to get cooking. Yeah, yeah you know what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. Gladstone, what, what up? Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to Jesse, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Uncle Dutchy. Mm -hmm. Uncle Dutch. Um, I guess from that, I guess okay. So then, how does the whole Empire era mm. kick in? That was from seeing those guys on road all the time. Okay, they used to stand up on Young Street. In front of fucking Levi's. Okay, so let's just preface this because you then go on to manage Empire. Yes, eventually. You were kind of, you were kind of like part of the crew, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Right, okay, okay, so go on. I was like more of their executive producer, manager, A&R, all of that in one because they were also like 
I was distributing them under the label, right? Okay. But I started with managing Scandalous. Okay. Right? Is that when he was battle rapping and stuff still? Yes, that okay. was right off of the heels of all of the battles that he had won. So his name was already buzzing in the street. Um, Soze had told me, yo, you should manage that guy. Okay. Right? I was going to his crib heavily doing fucking music. Right. But he seen that I had a business sense as well. And he's, you know, he's like, you should try doing some management as well. Like, I seen you do, a, you know, you're, you're, you got a couple of guys you tried to manage before. This guy's hot. Right. Right? I was like, you know what? I might do that. I used to see these guys in front of the Levi's all the fucking time selling mixtapes. Okay. Right? Trader Rhyme Animal, man like G um, Hoodlands. Oh, wow. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? So I used to see them, and that's how they used to see me. So would this have been like Table of Nonsense times? Yeah. Or were they into the SARS stuff already? They had already dropped SARS 1. Okay. Right? The one with Toxic on the cover. Oh, okay, that's SARS-1, eh? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, I okay. think that's SARS-1. Or no, I don't think SARS-1 had anybody on the cover. I think SARS-2 had Toxic on the cover. Okay, okay. Right? So they were right on SARS-2. Right, right, right. So that's when I met those guys. Or like, I had already been seeing them on road. I'd buy mixtapes from G. I was on G's mixtapes as a rapper, so they knew me as a rapper. But they'd see me pulling up, you know, the rapper, the hustler guy, pulling up in the Jeep all the time. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So we were already cool. It was kind of like an easy transition, like, yo, let me see what I can do to get you to different places, you know what I'm saying? Right. And he also had, um, he had won the pony battle. So he had EMI, who still owed him an, uh, a, a vinyl, owed him a 12-inch, right? For the kids who don't know what a fucking 12-inch is, who <laughs> who are listening to this in the in the views from this. Hold on, hold on. Let, let, let me stop you. This is not your podcast, right? <laughs> sorry, sorry. People who are listening to our podcast know what vinyl records are. Oh, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> Proceed. Proceed. EMI owed him a 12-inch. So the EMI owed him a 12-inch, and I was like, I'll get that 12-inch done for you. Right? Okay, okay. I'll fucking chase these motherfuckers around. You know what I mean? I.e. do the management shit. Okay. And he still came as a package deal because he's there with the squad. Right. Empire right, right. rolled together. A bunch of rowdy motherfuckers. They had right. a reputation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Um, and guys didn't want to touch them. Guys didn't want to fucking do shows with them because they're fucking smashed up a few shows and those are legendary we'll save we'll, allegedly <laughs> alleged we'll save those for the Adam Bomb Trey and fucking <laughs> them guys episodes mm. you know what I mean I wasn't there for those episodes so I was I was just I heard about them oh word we all know about them I, I, I witnessed it afterwards as a manager and whatever like I you know went through some of those times but right. I heard about them so I was apprehensive to do the management of the whole crew but I could handle just managing Scandalous. Okay. I mean, I guess at this time, if this is like after Table of Nonsense and shit, mm-hmm. this would have been about the times they were fucking with like Medic, Arithmetic yes. real heavy, right? Yes, super heavy. Shout out to Arithmetic, man. Yes. Super dope producer. Yes, he was around. 40 was already around. I had met 40 at that point because okay, okay. I had met him at Sherbert and Dundas when they had the crib over there and they were recording out of that place. That was me- that was Medic's crib. That was Medic's crib. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's where I met 40. Okay, word. Right, he was in there just making beats and recording them as well. This is obviously pre-Drake. Oh, yeah. All that stuff, Super right? pre-Drake, right? right? Um, so what made the deciding factor, which is the weirdest deciding factor, is we went to Ottawa. Not Ottawa. Uh, Hamilton. Okay. 
to go do a show. It was a loudmouth show, which is Adam Bomb and Scandalous together. Yes, yes. Right? Um, but the whole empire always rolls together because, you know, we might throw an empire song in there, right? Okay. And they didn't have that many loudmouth songs, so I didn't even know how they even got a loudmouth show. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> right? So the whole squad's out there, they're doing their thing, and boom, bash, bing, something happens, and bottles start flying all over the fucking place, right? I get into manager mode. Instead of fucking throwing bottles myself and beating people up, I tell the women that are there with us, gather up all the jackets, let's go get the fucking car and bring it around because we're going to have to do a fucking getaway at this motherfucker. Right, 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 right. Right? And as soon as I brought the car around, they all came spilling out the club, jumped in the fucking, in the the van, and we were gone. Right? Okay. Um, And then I was like, this is kind of fucked up, but the reception that they got from when they were doing their show and just the amount of fucking groupies and everything that was just happening, I was just like, this is a powerful fucking movement. Word. I think I might have to just deal with the whole group. Fuck it. Fuck it. Okay, okay, okay. And from there, I decided I'm just, everything that's Empire, whether it's Loudmouth, whether it's Scandalous as a solo artist, whatever they want to do, I'm in. Okay, okay. Yeah, and then we started moving from there. <laughs> so then I guess you guys started doing Get It. Yeah, that was the that was the 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 uh, benchmark, the goal, because everybody, I kept on hearing about this Get It album that everybody wanted to I, have. I mean, like, we gotta talk. Like, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about like mm-hmm. how SARS mixtapes was a movement on its own. You Super know what big I mean? movement. I, I'm waiting. For, like, I'll get in depth with that with like Trey more so than anything. But like, yeah. that was a whole movement unto yes. itself. But I remember everybody was like, "Okay, yo, these guys are dope, but where's the album?" Yeah. So then Get It was the album. Get It was definitely the album. Um, and it had everybody. Sprocks, Tone Mason, like all the Ill dope producers. Yeah. You know what I mean? All that stuff. It was a lot of work to put that together, man. Because you got locked up. After. Oh, it was after. It was all after. I thought it happened during. Okay, I still okay. had a deal because during that time we inked a deal or I inked a deal for AWOL Records with E1 Music. Okay. Freshly E1 Music off of Koch Records. Okay, 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 okay. See, right. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that still. So we inked a deal. Shout out to Jesse because, you know, we did it through Hip Hop Canada. They're the first the time that they were going digital. So hip, they had Hip Hop Canada digital. Okay, I remember that. Yeah, right? yeah. And they were like, they wanted to sign Empire. I said, no, you got to sign my label so that I can put out anybody be- I want besides just Empire. Okay. Right? Um, okay, yo. We're back, so we we got cut up. So now this is a funny thing, cause everybody always asks me, "Yo, how come you guys don't videotape the fucking show? Mm. How come you guys don't videotape the show?" Well, <laughs> we're actually videotaping it for Friday's podcast, mm. or for and views, views, um, six views, six views, right? Yeah, we'll talk about all that after. <laughs> but the camera batteries died. <laughs> we just had to go and fix everything. And that, my friends, is exactly why we don't fucking <laughs> videotape the show, bro. Don't kill me right now. All right, now. okay, so, yo, you were saying yeah. you had to deal with Hip Hop Canada through the digital stuff, right? Mm. Um, So you guys put out Get It. It's super well received. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then what happens? Let's talk about this Friday. We, we got to talk about it. <laughs> so it's a crazy story. I love, because me and your homies, right? And yeah, like yeah, we, yeah. we've done talked about this, and it's like, t- 
time enough time has passed like yeah yeah you end up going to jail i went to jail okay. i went to jail for, and i've told the story through my own content as well okay so okay i, did, I didn't it's, know that it's I, not even like a, like a big secret like okay. I, every week i get on the freaking podcast and i'm like oh shit and you know you know when i did time and i'm like oh fuck here i go again fucking letting all my business out <laughs> okay, okay, okay right so it's out there right but i went to jail for a firearm at the time okay okay um is this is this the falling asleep? Yes, that's. Can we, can we just tell that story yes. more so? Okay. So, uh, have you okay. ever told that story in your own content or no? I've told it through my blog. I have a okay. blog that I started called the Sober MC after all that debacle and everything happened. Okay, so yeah, yeah. But this is the first time I'm actually telling. Because here's camera. the thing: we got to preface this too, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Yo, I remember seeing you guys though. You guys used to wild out. You guys oh, used to fuck drink yeah. fucking heavy. Mm-hmm. Ricky Friday, aka 100 blunts to the head. And 100 fucking shots of fucking vodka. Right, yo. So, <laughs> so what happens? You go home. Yeah. So, with that, prior to that, I I never. Like, okay, I, I, I had, because I was convicted for this, right? I had a firearm in the crib. But before that, I'd gotten robbed. Okay. Right? Me and a few other members of the crew. Right before the album release party, forget it. It was the night of the album release party. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'd organized an album release party over at Octopus Lounge. Okay. Right? Octopus is popping in times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And yeah, you know, everybody was waiting for us to get there. Um, Me and a few other of the Empire members were in my crib waiting for, like, waiting for me to deal with a few things. And when the people came to deal with what, what I had to deal with, they robbed me. Okay. You know, and it was um, what some people would consider a traumatizing experience, I guess, because, like, you know, there was guns involved and all that type of stuff, right? Okay, okay. But, you know, they let us live, obviously, and we went to the party. Okay. Right? No jewelry, because I used to have mad jewelry at them times. Right. Right? Um, and I remember that still. I, I, you know, I got all my jewels back, because it was, like, a thing. Right, right. Like, like everything that I lost, I wanted to get back. But at the time, after that happened, I was like super paranoid and I had to get away. I need to just take a trip. I fucking had to fucking, I was drunk every fucking night for 20 years prior to that anyway, right? Right. Um, and my brain was just like, if I see these guys, they're getting it. Or if they, if they try to come back to my crib, like I was thinking they might come back. I was on, my brain was on a hundred different fucking vibes. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? And them times I would drink a bottle of vodka nightly. Right. Nightly and then hit the after hours and go bang out another fucking few king cans or, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So I was just a fucking mess. A working mess. Right. Right, because I was doing a lot of shit. Yeah, I used to see you guys out and about doing your things. Yeah, and every day I'm in front of my computer banging out, making sure that I'm getting this group to the next level and all types of things. So, just at night, get saucy and, you know, because I could hang with those guys. Like, they're a crazy group, but I was organized. Right. So I could bring organization, and then when it's time to party, let's fucking party. Right, 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 right. Right? right. But with that shit happening, I got super paranoid. Went to New York, came back, and off the plane even, I was on the plane, I was getting super smashed. Came off the plane, went to Octopus Lounge, got more smashed, came home, um... I remember dealing with, like, I had to go deal with a WAP or whatever, and then I fell asleep. Right. Woke up to hearing the fire alarms going off, and I called one of my neighbors, and I was like, yo, you hear the fire alarms going off in the building? And she was like, yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't know. 
Because it's like hey, we're in PK, we're in Parkdale. Like, right, right, Fire right. alarms go off in the building like every other every fucking other day, day, right? And false alarm, you know what I'm saying? So I go back to bed, wake up again, and I'm sitting in the landlady's office with the um, <laughs> fire chief and a vice squad guy. Okay. And I'm like, how the fuck did I get in here? <laughs> like, remember what I said? Went to bed. Right. Woke up and was in the landlady's office. So, like, whatever happened in between, je ne sais pas. Right? So, uh, I'm like, and I hear the fire alarm still going off, but nobody's outside the building. Like, I could see through the window of the landlady's office, nobody's outside the building. So, I asked them, why am I in this fucking office? And why is the fire alarms going off and nobody else is outside? And they're like, because the fire went off in your place, buddy. Oh, snap. <laughs> and then they took me away, took me straight to the station. Said, if we go back to your crib and do a search, because we found what we think, um, expect, uh, or what we believe to be cocaine on your kitchen counter, right? Oh, if shit. we go back to your house, are we going to find anything else? And I said, no. They went back and they said, what about this loaded 44 that we found? Oh, shit. And it was just like, I want my lawyer. <laughs> Restless history. I came home. Right. Right. I came home on bail. I got, like, I went a week in the dawn. My buddy G put up a house for me so I could fucking come home on bail. Okay. I was home, back to getting sauced. I'm on curfew, nine o'clock, working at Christy Osington Center. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. As a volunteer, actually. Right. But I'm there honing. They had a little hip hop program over there, right? Yes, That's and they right. had a That's studio right. in there. So I was like engineering, recording the kids, helping them even with their recording techniques and stuff like that. Okay. Like different advice that I, because I'm, you know, I had the home studio before that too. So I was tracking the Empire songs, rough copies, and then taking them over to 40 or whoever to go record a fucking right. real session. You know what I'm saying? Okay, okay. So I was honing my own, like even recording skills and recording my own shit. Right? Right. So even because of the fact that I was out on bail, I started recording mad shit. Right? Word. I was already Connect Volume 4 by that point. Right, 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 right. Right? Which was me on the cover with like a suit. Which is which is the one that you put the vinyl out for? That was off of Connect Volume 2, actually. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Right? We had tracks that weren't on the actual mixtape. That, that were we just on, on the vinyl. They were just okay, on vinyl. Okay, okay. Right, I was like, I want to press vinyl, called Lacquer Channel, and made a fucking vinyl. Right, right, you know okay. What I'm saying, okay. Um, was the crazy picture with me with the half ounce, or the half pound of weed. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck! It's just this is how. Okay, just side note. You see how kids are doing all this crazy shit, money, phone, and all that, and I, I can't tell them, "Oh, you guys are stupid," because we were just as stupid yeah, back then. Yeah, for sure, bro. for sure, for oh, sure. I know I was just as stupid. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Fair like, enough. Fair enough. It's, it, we're, we're dealing with the weed laws and all that and the freeness that we have now right and i'm just uh, standing with a fucking half pound and somebody i let somebody photograph me and then put pressed vinyls with that right hilarious stupid person hey right here <laughs> so then what you went when did you go like away for real though so i was home kept drinking um i was home december of 2009 right right i went away in december 2009 did that week came home and i was on curfew for two months and then by February 2010, with some things that happened um, that night of February 18th, I was waiting for the 
bottle, the dollar bottle guy to come see me actually to get my drink. Holy shit. Right. And during that time, a few things happened in the daytime that I'm not going to talk about now. Right, right. right. And um, boom, my door came flying off at like midnight or like 1230. It's crazy because I'm there watching TV. Next person, like my co-e at the time, um, he... Uh, we're like watching the TV and we're like, yo, these sick, sick thugs, they're getting raided. Okay. Right? They raided the sick thug studio. We were like, holy, see now CP24, that's fucked up. And then all of a sudden, boom. Your door fly off. My door comes flying off. <laughs> so, and then it was done. Like, I, they found more shit and they were like, you're not getting no more fucking bail. Fuck that. And I started to do my time. I started doing time in the dawn, waiting at for my fucking trial and all that shit. Word, word, word. Spent about four and a half months in that fucking gladiator school. Um, No incidents. Right, Not right, one right. fucking fight. You know what I'm saying? So how, how, long, how long did you eventually do? In total, I was sentenced to three years and nine months. Yeah. Right? Because there's a mandatory three and a half years for guns in this country. Right, right, right. Um, with the drugs running concurrent, um, or instead of consecutive, luckily. Right, 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 right. right? Um, and I did a year of it and then I came home on parole to do day parole for the rest of the rest of the time, rest of the two and a a half, three years. So that's when you came home and you made the album home. Yes. Um, before that I did, uh, born to win. That's when we met. Oh, that's right. Born to right. Win. Yeah, or that's yeah. when we reacquainted with each other. Yeah, because we'd um, already knew, like, we knew each other. But I remember you came to check Sid Gramps, mm-hmm. and he gave you the outro, mm-hmm. and then you came upstairs and I gave you the intro. Yes. And it was like the first or second beat I played for you, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Moment of Truth was the name of the track. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, fuck. I dropped the mixtape while I was gone, too. Shout Did out to Trader Rhyme Animal. Okay, I didn't know that. He he executive produced and and released for me the Connect Volume Five, free free uh, Friday uh, free Friday. Okay, see, I didn't even remember that. Still, yeah, 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 yeah. There's tracks on there too. You know, I had Empire features, a bunch of shit. You know what I'm saying? But I came home and like I was kind of just like couldn't really do much. Couldn't smoke. Right. Um, well, I mean, that's like let's talk about that because mm-hmm. f- from all that happening, that's when you became. You stopped drinking, right? Well, I stopped drinking the day that my door flew off. Right. Right? I was waiting for the dollar bottle guy. He obviously never arrived. And I, that was the last time I ever had a drink. That was February 18th, 2010. Okay, okay. Right? Because when I went away, even though there was alcohol available, um, I my brain had turned the corner. Right. I, like, for people who are in the alcoholic community... Because I consider myself an alcoholic, there's no such thing as a, a recovering alcoholic. Right. Right. And this is like stuff that I learned from the 12 step programs and stuff like that, right? Right. Because if you're like, oh, I'm not an alcoholic anymore because I don't drink, then that means that if I have a drink, then something, nothing's going to happen. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I know fucking however many years later, if I was to have one drink today, we're going to start that cycle all over again. Right. 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 You know what I'm saying? So that means I'm forever an alcoholic. Right. Whether I'm drinking or not. Right, but at that time, that was the last drink that I ever had. It was just like my brain turned a corner, and I started doing meetings inside. Okay, because there's meetings available inside, right? Okay, okay. If you want to go to them, and then one of the things once they finally sent me away to the pen and everything like that, and I got my sentencing, um, you know, partially to look good for parole, but also 
you know, it was mainly for myself. Word. Right? But then it also looked good for parole too. Right. And then when I came home, I continued going to meetings. And I was a heavy meeting guy. I'd go to meetings like 7 a.m., bro. Yeah, I remember, I remember that. Still. Yeah, and then sometimes hit another one by the nighttime. Yeah. Because, you know I mean, yo, them times me and you started recording a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's when you made Home. Mm-hmm. And did I record a lot of Home? You recorded um, Get It Right. Okay, which is the song that I did for you. Yeah, yeah and we had a music video for that. That's like yeah. one of my biggest songs to date, actually. Word, eh? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then there was, uh, there was another song that you produced on there. I, I, it won't, it'll come to me later. Right, right, right. But, um, yeah, I was super, like, I smoke weed now, but there was three years that I wasn't able to smoke any weed because yeah, I, I was on parole. And I got into the corporate world, dude. Right, that's when I started working at my corporate job and stuff like that, which I won't mention the company, but I, I started working in the corporate world. Like I had to get a job. It was yeah. one of my parole conditions. Prior to that, I was like, I'm working for myself. But you were still making music. I was still making music. Right. I had to pull punches, though. I couldn't be like, you know, I couldn't be as rah-rah as I wanted to be. Right. Right? I, I, I had to keep in mind my PO might be fucking listening. Right. I'm not technically allowed to be doing music videos and shit like that. I can't be at, at, at past a certain time. You know what I mean? I can't be in bars or anywhere alcohol is sold. I was fucking emceeing fucking. Right, last um, night and shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me and DJ Law fucking. I'm Shout like, oh, be a party people, put your hands. I'm doing that. Yeah, I remember them times. But I'm around alcohol all the time. Not drinking. Word. Right? And my brain never said, oh, I want to drink. You know what I'm saying? Word. So that's like, and it was almost like I was even testing myself subliminally. That like, can I be around all these different environments that I was around before where free drinks come with the job, but not drink. Right. And it's like I started finding power in it because like the clarity that I have, like I'm seeing as I'm emceeing with law and we're up there in the booth, I can see episodes unfolding in front of me. Right, right, right. And I'm like, if you just didn't do that, this two steps went to happen where you guys started punching each other in the face. You know what I mean? Yo, alcohol is usually one of those two steps. (laughs) We know that. Yeah, but musically, I had to pull a lot of fucking punches. Right? Right. Yeah, until until the parole ended in um, April 14th, 2014. And that was when we started doing Nocturnal? That's when Home dropped. Home, okay, okay. Home okay. dropped April 14th of 2014. Okay. And okay. on Home, I was able to a little be a bit more rah-rah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I knew my parole was ending. You know what I'm saying? There was a couple of songs that I had already started smoking weed a little bit earlier, and I was like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. man, this is what it feels like to smoke weed again? Oh. The creativity just was like at 110. I remember them times because you'd be fucking coming and taking beats and doing all kinds. Because I was, I, we were recording together quite mm-hmm. a bit them times, right? Yes, yes. You know what I mean? I was recording your other stuff too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then... I guess, yeah, it would have been Nocturnal. Yeah, started going into Nocturnal. That's when we started getting really heavy into recording together. You know what I'm saying? And then Hagler came into the fold. Hagler was in the fold from Born to Win, actually. Oh, word. Okay, okay. Yeah, See, yeah, I, yeah. I was recording. That. I recorded Born to Win out of the remix um, project, Studios. Okay. Right? Um, at the same time, Division was recording their first project in there. 
and we used to fight for recording time. I didn't even know that it was the guy from Division. Okay, word. Okay. <laughs> right? Daniel, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, we did Home in there, too. Okay, okay, okay. Most of Home was in there, too. And a lot of tracks from Nocturnal were in there, too. Yeah, because I remember, I remember them times, like, me mm-hmm. and Hagley would be going back and forth and, yeah. like, you yeah. get us both to be mixing shit and stuff mm-hmm. like that, man. Shout out to Hags, yo. Yo, Hags, Hags man. Great kid, man. Yeah, you know what I mean? big engineer and producer in the scene. You know what I mean? He yeah. worked on the the new, um, what's that Ute there from L.A. there? Uh, Vince Staples, was Vince it? Vince Staples. Yeah, yeah, I saw the, the, that, the, the, the FM album. Yeah. I mean, Nocturnal was supposed to be your last album. It was supposed to be. Mm. But, yo, every time this guy be like, yo, after that actor, I remember, because I'm like, I remember there was a thread between me, you, and Hagler with the mixes, and I'm like, yo, Friday, is this fucking really it, man? This is finally over? I never want to do this again. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon, no, as, as, I, soon as Nocturnal's over, he's like, yo, you know what, man? I think me and you should do an EP still. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because I found my pocket, bro. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. I actually got better in my later age, which right. now I see as a thing, like Royce 5'9 and guys like that are like getting to their serious, sick, lyrical peak at these points now. But I was like, oh shit, this is what I need to do to rap better and people receive it more, you know what I mean? Right, right, I got right. a publicist at the time, and the publicist is like, this is the different things that you need to do to get your shit hot, right? I remember, yeah, that's right, that's right. When we started doing Shift, mm-hmm. that was like, yo, that was a, a real interesting time for me too, because I remember you're like, yo, the whole the whole skit on the fucking on the record there oh, where you tried trap. to jet- <laughs> <laughs> got trapped. <laughs> this guy tried to Jedi mind trick me about like, yo, you can't make trap beats. I'm like, what do you mean I can't make trap beats? He's like, Yeah, you, you can't do it, can you? And I'm like, Of course I can. I mm-hmm. just I choose not to, you know what I mean? Yeah. This guy Jedi mind tricked me anyways. So I mean, yeah, but that was cool because it made me come out of my bag still, you yeah. know what I mean? And and it was one of the more well-received ones as well, you know what I mean? Like, I started getting, like, I don't do music anymore, and I don't feel like I ever blew up as a as an artist. Right. But I started getting more fans as I got into, like, Nocturnal and stuff like that. Once I got into that pocket, I changed my cadence, stuff like that. Right. And, like, I started getting more comfortable with what I wanted to do musically. Shit, yo, what was the next EP you put out with the next kid, the Parkdale kid? Oh, um, with the Parkdale kid? Um, oh, was SG, um, SG, uh, RT, RP. Did I go off? It says internal, internal temp too high, I wanna. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. I'm yeah. still going. Um, you just gotta let that one cool off for a minute. Yeah. Just turn it off from the top there, that little knob on the top. Okay, huh. My bad. This one? Yeah. Let it cool off for a minute. SG, SGRP, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I remember recording a bunch of that stuff. Yeah, he got me back into actually fucking going even harder because I was going to retire after home. Oh, that's right. That's right. That was in between that time. Yeah. yeah. And then he was like, nah, dog, your shit is dope. And I was like, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fine. And he's like, I'll produce a whole fucking mixtape for you, dog. I, I I think your shit is dope. And he's just kept on feeding me beats. And like, I just started fucking 
wilding out on right, that. Right, right, right. And I made some of my better tunes off of that mixtape. Like 401 is one of my favorite fucking tunes I ever made. Okay, okay, okay. You know what I mean, fucking, I snapped on that shit. I was like, for myself, I'm like listening, like, yo, nigga, that's you. You yeah, snapped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he got me back into like just doing whatever. And then that's when Nocturnal came out. You know what I'm saying? And then. So me and you do shift. We do shift. And then what was after that? It was divided. The divided, and that's my last EP that I or last project that I've ever dropped. Okay, okay. I have more songs. I have maybe about twenty songs in the tuck. Songs that we have recorded together and all yeah, types of yeah, stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, like I'm doing this podcast shit now, dog. Okay, yo, let's talk about that, man. The podcast stuff. Mm. I mean, that in itself, yo, I remember in my basement that, like, mm. popping off. Because you first, okay, I mean, you had the blog, right? The Sober MC. Yes. And then you started vlogging, right? Mm-hmm. And that was, like, the chick stuff and, like, the men men are from Mars, women are from Venus kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what ended up happening is I took advice from my publicist. They okay. kept on telling me, if you want to get your music videos more play, you have to pop up in more places. Right. Right? You got to start putting out more than just the music videos. We need content. People want content, okay. which is true. This is what people want now. You're you're absolutely correct. Right? This is 2015. They're telling me this shit. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck it. I start fucking filming everything that I'm doing. I go to a restaurant. You know what I mean? Me and the girl that I was with at the time. Hey, I'm filming the restaurant, filming the experience. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm fucking making milkshakes. I'm having rants, and I'm like, I'm filming my rant. Fuck it, and I'm posting it on my YouTube channel. And I just started accumulating content on YouTube. I'm doing song reviews. Instead of doing like a review of the whole Views album that dropped around 2016. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did fucking reviews of each song. I remember them times, yeah, yeah. Right? Getting million, a million plus views on some of them shits. Okay. Yeah, because people are thinking they're pulling up for the song, but then they're getting a song review. Half of these, three quarters of these motherfuckers are cheese, but then there's a quarter of them that I was like, that was a great review, very in-depth. Oh, I love that breakdown. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Because I'm not just fucking around. I'm doing a real breakdown. You know what I'm saying? So I guess, yo, how is it that you got into doing the podcast mm-hmm. The We Love Hip Hop? Okay, so let's talk, like, We Love Hip Hop, you and Herks. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, I was getting suggestions from people. Right. And... Cause like they see that I'm just like a content whore, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I absorb content. I watch right, right, everything. Right. I watch Vlad. I watch academics. I watch every, I watch everybody. Breakfast Club, you know what I'm saying? Every clip. It doesn't matter who it is. Right. And I'm talking on Twitter and on Facebook, and somebody's like, "Yo, you should start a podcast." On the Facebook comment, and I was like, "That's when I took it in." I was like, "Sure, I'm gonna do it." I said, "Okay." That's what I responded. Okay. And then like a few days later, we were over at Vapor Central. I called up Mike Stone. I'm like, yo, let's do this shit because I seen he was on fucking Facebook all the time talking shit. Okay, okay. And I'm like, he'd be perfect for this. And he's a DJ, so he's like in tune with what's going on musically. And we started doing our thing. right? We had the first episode with Adam Bomb. I had no structure. I had one camera sitting in the corner that I would just run over and fucking turn back on and then film us all sitting there. It was rough, right? Right, 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 right. Audio off the phone, just, I don't even know if we were using the phone audio. I think we used the camera audio. Okay, okay. And the next episode, episode two, um, Mike Stone had a wild out episode with uh, <laughs> our guest, Dusty, Dusty Wallace and Humble Child, and it's recorded, you know what I mean? It's like a, you know, a moment, right? Right. And Herc was there for episode one, and he was there episode two. Okay, 
I didn't know that. Yeah, he was hanging out with us in episode one and talking, you know, adding his input and stuff like that. Okay. And I told him, Reach, like, we're doing the shows. It's going to be lit. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, I don't know, man. I was like, come through. It's going to be fun. So we do that. And by episode two, when I kick out Mike, because I had to tell Mike, bro, you got to go. You got to go. Right. right, right. Um, He was, like, still there. I was like, dude, come, man. Just, 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 just. Just try it out, dog. It'll be fun. Right. He was super apprehensive at first, man. We did the Rich Kid episode by episode three. Right. We did uh, Team Major on episode four where he made us the beat that we run every in the beginning of the audios. Okay, I remember that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like he, made he made that, made that, live that on, on the, the spot. Show. I remember that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over at um, Planet Paradise. Okay. So by the time we got to episode seven, that's when I knew he was in. Because he couldn't make it for an episode. Okay. When I was interviewing Junior T. Okay, okay. Um, this is super early in the podcast, right? And I had a Stacy Brizzle fill in. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right? And Herc was like, and he's going to be, if he takes this in, he's going to be like, why are you telling these fucking stories? He's like, yo. Dog, what, what's going on? You're not replacing me, are you? Yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to like this. <laughs> and I was like, nah, don't worry. Just this, don't worry. Do your thing this week and next week we'll, we'll get it popping. You know what I'm saying? Right. And yeah, from there, don't even worry about the cameras. From there, he he was in, bro. I knew like, right. if I stay consistent, he'll be there. I mean, let's talk about the podcast, man, for mm-hmm. a second. Because it's like, yo, you guys focus a lot more on the new school Toronto cats for like what this podcast is about the history and stuff like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You guys are like on the polar opposite end of the scale, man. You guys are like checking out all the new buckets, all the new bucks coming up. You know what I mean? Like I, I, we try to bounce around. Right. It started for the most part, for the most part. Well, in the beginning we started off with a lot of old school heads. Right. Of course. Right. Because for the beginning it started off with, um, and I'm going to kill these lights because I'm not running any more cameras. Right, right, right. Hey, To real podcast mode with right. not lights, cameras. But, like, um, what, were, what was I saying there? We were talking about, like, how is it, like, you had the older guys on first. Yeah, because I was just going through my Rolodex, dude. Right. I'm fucking 43 years old. So, you know, we're like the people I know in the industry are in their 30s and their 40s and right. older. You know what I'm saying? So, so like, what was the first big, I guess I know what it is, but what mm. was the first big interview that was like, that caught the youngins? <laughs> Biz Loke. Biz Loke. The Ur God. <laughs> yeah. Word, 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 word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That interview, episode 47. Right. So, we had 46 episodes before that that nobody really noticed. And we had great people on there. Right. Starting from scratches on there. Smith & Wesson, A-Track. Okay. Right? Like, um, Chocolair. Right. Yeah. Right, like, right, right. We had some legendary episodes. Too Rude. Right. Yeah. Nobody gave a fuck. I was like, this is great content. Right? It wasn't that well produced. Um, we had a producer, that, um, a guy who hit me up. He's like, I'm really interested in maybe fucking with what you guys are doing. I love your movement. I think I could add to it, right? Shout out to AJ. Okay. He came through and um, he added to the production value of what we were doing. 
Right. And it's clear, man. Like, you guys watch from episode one mm-hmm. to where you guys are at now. You guys are progressing heavy. I love it. You know what I mean? Making your move in the podcast yeah. space here in Toronto. You know what I mean? Well, he really helped to build our look visually. And, you know, I'm always trying to make the audios better. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Um, and he, he helped to take over also even with the audio because there was a space of time where I wasn't using the headphones at all. I didn't even have to worry about that. I just had to disseminate content. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And I don't which rap is, no more. Which is a thing, man. Like, mm. you people got to understand that, too. And, like, what you'll see when you guys follow this guy, like, you kill the content, bro. You know what I mean? Like, and it's a full-time job in itself, it is, right? It is. Like, and we do this podcast. We do it, like, when we feel like it. It mm. might be every two weeks. It might be once a month. Who knows, right? You yeah, know yeah. I mean? But you're on that, like, strict. I made a bed that I have to lie in. That I'm, I'm trying to make into a super plush, nice, crazy bed. But also a bed that could be created into a whole bunch of other jobs and other, other things. Because I'm starting to see how much other people are starting to benefit off of it just you know besides myself you right know what i'm saying like cloud is cool and all that you know what i mean like maybe making some paper off of what we do is will be better you know what i'm saying right, right, right however i'm seeing how it's influencing the kids like it, the impact that they're they're like holy shit yo dog you know you're doing so much so something great for the city you're putting us you know you're helping to put a spotlight on this shit and I, in my mind i'm just like I'm interviewing motherfuckers. But, yo, somebody's got to do it, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it became after a while, like, after people started hitting us, I'm like, this I'm res- this is a responsibility. Like, it's cool now 93.5 is doing that Made in Toronto stuff and they're playing stuff, you know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. It's cool to see that that's finally happening in itself, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, yeah. it's cool that these kids, because you guys have, like, what is it, you guys have the top six? I created something called the top five songs in toronto at first or top 10 okay right um it's become a really fucking popular list i don't know what the fuck i did but i record that shit out of my crib right yeah and i just come up with 10 songs that i see that are popping that i just dropped within the week that i did the last video okay is that yeah yeah right 10 new songs that have dropped through the fucking the the world of through toronto or fucking whatever canadian hip-hop and there's more than 10 that's always available for me to put into this list. Oh, sure, man, dude. It's, music is yeah. getting made fast now. You know how that goes, man. Like, it was just something that we were just doing on the show. Right. And we were deciding, yeah, this is the list, and this is how many, this is who goes one, two, three, four, five, whatever. And then, you know, um, upon suggestion, it was like, hey, let's try to get the people to vote for this shit, right? Okay, word. Um, and we wanted to cut the list down to five, so it turned into top, from the top 10, where we were deciding ourselves to yeah. the top five because it was too fucking hard to edit the whole fucking 10. Right. And then after I was like, I want to do 10 and let the people decide who's going to be six because somebody in the comments was like, why don't you call it the top six? Right. Obviously. I was like, right, 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 right. <laughs> thanks. You know, thumbs up on the fucking comment, asshole, but thank you. Thanks for supporting. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. But, um. Because your fans are wild. I see some of the comments, bro. Comment gang strong. Oh, my God. <laughs> comment gang is tough on your podcast. Yeah, bro. yeah. They're relentless, bro. What was the biggest, what was the biggest episode you guys ever did? Besides the Bizloke, Casper, and K Money. Okay. Um. AJ and I started a show together called Six List. Right. Right. Where we were doing other artists that started with artists that, you know, essentially 
weren't big enough to make it on the podcast, right? That didn't have the same numbers. Okay. And then it started switching to our, to people who do have the same numbers, but they're younger, you know, don't want to smoke. You know what I'm saying? Okay. It, right, right. It, it's more like how like the six views show that I do now because it evolved to six views. Okay. Right after like AJ parted ways with us, and then I was like, I got to keep the show going. I retained the six list name so we could stop the content on our on our YouTube channel. Okay. But um, the YouTube channel is a whole other story, dog. I know that's the whole thing too, right? What what happened with that? You guys had like ten. You guys had over ten thousand subscribers. No, we were right under ten k, and I was doing a hundred subs a day. Wow. Okay. And then they fucking took the channel down, YouTube. Right. Yeah, because uh, uh, community guideline violations, different shit like that. And that was because you guys had the episode with the stripper chick, right? Yes. Was it? I can't remember. Or she wasn't stripper. She's a, a exotic um, filmmaker type of okay. slash rapper, right? Um, shout out to Alize, right? But okay. it was our fault because the stuff that we showed in the video while was described while she was describing different things was just way too over the edge. <laughs> we pushed the, we pushed the limit, right? Yeah, yeah. Couple that together with some of the other um, pieces of content that I had put on the channel pre podcast, right? That I started getting community hits and, you know, I just used to post just whatever back in the days. Right, right, right. right like right. I posted the KKK guy that went on a rant and he was just like, nigger this, nigger that, nigger this, nigger that. And he was sitting on the chair. Right. I posted that guy. Because I was like, this is crazy. This is going to get a lot of hits. Right. I posted when the, when somebody got shot in their car there in the States. Right, right, right. I posted that on, on the YouTube. I was just like, fuck it. Everything's going up. Right. And then they came for it in 2018. They were like, oh, by the way, that from 2015, that from 2016, this, right? Right. Because the show started to bring in hella subs. And then they took the channel in July of this year, of 2018. So then what, you guys had to put up, make a new channel and stuff like I that? I made a new channel the same fucking morning that I got the email telling okay. me my channel was, was suspended. Because I had a video to post. Right. So I was like, oh, well, fuck that new uh, different email new channel upload let's go back to instagram fucking advertise got a new fucking video out okay so for our listeners mm -hmm. give them give them all the give them all the 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 social medias man right it's we love hip-hop across the board we love hip-hop um we love hip-hop network yeah i control a lot of social medias dude yeah i know yeah you. I know. so I, the we love hip-hop network is our instagram page that's popping all the time Right? Okay, okay. Then okay. I got my Friday Ricky Dread. Me, all across the platforms, is all Friday Ricky Dread. Word. Right? My Facebook's almost at 5K. I'm almost at my limit. Okay, okay. Right? It's Facebook, everything, Friday Ricky Dread. But We Love Hip Hop Network is the um, Instagram, and We Love Hip Hop Toronto is the Twitter. Okay, okay, okay. All right? Yo, check these guys out, man. Like I dig it. I dig what you guys are doing with the young kids, man. You know, mm. if you're if you're if you're about that and you want to know about what, what's popping in the young Toronto scene, yeah, definitely check out this guy's podcast, man. I mean, but even like you know, the last one I listened to was Jellystone and Adam Bomb, mm. which was dope too. Still, right? So yeah. you, when you get those guys on, you're getting your history just like here, man. Well, I try to not do too many of the old school guys because like we pod brothers you know what i'm saying right right right, right. but like there's old school people in our audience who are like yo i want to hear from so and so i want to hear from so and so so i draw for them you know what I'm you saying? guys had infinite on too we right? just had infinite word. i'm about to drop the interview or the word. interview will be out by the time this is out okay word word you know word, 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 word. Mm. all right yo what's what's with the future man what, what does the future bring man um there's a few things that I got in the tuck that I don't want to let out the bag yet because I don't want to jinx the shit. Right, right, You know right. what I'm saying? 
Um, I'm trying to take us out on the road also, you know what I mean? Start seeing the podcast pop up live for people in like other places and shit like that who who watch us outside of Toronto. Okay, word. You know what I'm saying? So that's one thing. I'm trying to step my merch game up with the with the We Love Hip Hop clothing. I wear it a lot, but I don't sell a lot of them because it's, it's a lot of fucking work to get merch done. Yeah, you know what it is. But people are asking for it, so okay. I'm, I'm going to provide it for them. You know what I'm saying? Word, word, word. Um, <clears throat> and I'm just trying to get that corporate fucking real corporate deal, dog. I mean, yo, man, mm-hmm. it's, it's, we talked about it from time ago, right? Yeah. I see Button... You know, I but I, I yeah, like, but that's a whole other level. You know what I mean? There's no reason why we can't be the new complex in this motherfucker. Fair enough, man. I I, I will not stop until the We Love Hip Hop Network is the same level as a complex, a noisy, a Vlad TV, any of those things. That's what I'm aiming for. Wow! All right, man. Yeah. Yo, with that being said, man. Friday, man. It's a good interview, man. Yo, people, like I said, yo, when the kids didn't even know that you rapped, I'm like, yo, you know what? Let me do this Friday interview, man. Get this out of the way, too, because, yo, there's so many. I mean, like, yo, you saw so many eras of it, too, right? You know what I mean? I've lived through every era, and I still listen to the music in the eras that are happening now. I dig it, man. I dig it. All right, yo. You can uh, find us on the the SoundCloud and the iTunes and all that stuff, man. <sighs> Views before the six, man. Yeah. And we're out of here, yo. Peace. Peace. Dope, 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 dope.